Welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, where we talk to great bosses and those who build great bosses about what it takes to be a great boss. And now, here is your host, the founder and CEO of Boss Builders, Mac Monroe. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. We're glad to have you back with us, and we're also glad to have our special guest, Margie Bush, back with us for the second part in our series, the issue of personality type, personality preference, and what does the boss need to know to be a better manager by understanding how people are wired to perform. In our last episode, we talked about the background of type. We looked at Myers-Briggs, the assessment that we use, and then we took a look at the dichotomy of extroversion and introversion. Now in this episode, Margie's gonna be back with us to talk about what's known as the mental functions, the mental processes. And what she'll tell you about then is how the two middle dichotomies, the sensing and intuition and thinking and feeling play together to really impact how you can manage and motivate a person. So without any further delay, let's meet back up with our special guest, Margie Bush. Margie Bush, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Mac. It's great to be here. You know, I really enjoyed the last episode that we did where we introduced the concept of type, the concept of preferences, the instrument, the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And then, of course, we looked at the difference between a person's preference for extroversion, where they're getting their energy from people and from activity, and introversion, people that are energized by solitude and some quiet time. And you gave us some really good tips on how should we communicate with people that have that preference, whether it's sending the information before a meeting to somebody that has a preference for introversion and even a person in a meeting who's thinking with their mouth, how do we get around that? But I remember in the last podcast, you mentioned this term called mental functions. And so I'm wondering if you could explain what that means. Of course. Yes, I did mention mental functions. And I have to say that the Myers-Briggs materials have been updated. So the term that they're using now is mental processes. And so I use those now interchangeably, trying to use the their terms now, which is or their term now, which is mental processes. But nonetheless, they mean the same thing. And the two middle letters of our four-letter type represent those mental processes, the ways we take in information and our preferences. uh, There could be either sensing or intuition. And those preferences are represented by the letter S or the letter N. And then uh, our ways of evaluating that information and making decisions are our preferences either for thinking or feeling. And that's represented by the letter T or F. Well, going through the letters then, you mentioned that S is is describing sensing. Mm-hmm. What are some descriptors that you could use so that we'd understand what sensing means? Does it mean you're sensitive? <laughs> no, not at all. If you have a preference for sensing, uh, these uh, preferences like to hear facts and details. They prefer things that are tried and true, uh, so they like predictability. They rely on past experiences when they're taking in information. They focus on things that are practical, current reality of things. So what is real is important for them. 
and they like to take in information in a step-by-step process. Well, then the N, now how do we get N from intuition? Well, if you recall, uh, when we were doing extroversion and introversion in our last podcast, I is already represented with the word in introversion, sorry. So we use the letter N now for intuition. Okay. And when somebody has intuition, how does that differ from a person that has the preference from sensing? So preferences for intuition like to hear general concepts. So they prefer things that are new and untried. They, in general, like change. They rely on hunches. Their focus is on future possibilities. So they like to take in information in a way of thinking of what can be uh, very theoretical. And they typically take in information insight by insight. I see. It almost sounds like if you're describing sensing, it's kind of like our five senses, but the intuition is almost like a sixth sense. Exactly. Well, knowing that then, how do those differences impact a boss who has to manage people? So when we think about the preference for sensing and you're managing your direct reports, if someone has a preference for sensing or you uh, yourself as the manager or the boss, so be practical uh, when communicating with someone with this preference. Talk about ways that that information can be applied immediately, because remember, they like the current reality of things. Share past experiences, uh, present information in a step-by-step way. Typically, with in general, with sensing, they want specific plans. So they're in the here and now. And definitely with those folks, avoid metaphors and analogies. Now, when you're talking about intuition, then what would this look like, say, in a meeting or in a workplace scenario? Intuition. Uh, When interacting with someone in the workplace with intuition, you're going to hear metaphors. You're going to hear analogies. They're going to paint a picture for you. And in fact, uh, they provide uh, information in a way of giving the big picture first. They like to generate a lot of alternative ideas and they'll share the ideas. They like brainstorming. So managing someone with that preference, listen, listening to their ideas and their visions uh, would be very important. Well, that is the top half of the mental process. So why don't we talk about the other part of that now, that decision-making function. Okay. You mentioned thinking and feeling. So why don't we start with thinking? How would you describe thinking? Does that mean a person is more cerebral? Are they smarter? What does that mean for us? It doesn't have anything to do with intelligence. Uh, This is the way that they're interpreting information they're taking in and making this decision based on that information. And they want to do that in a very logical way. So they will tend to ask questions. Preference for for thinking in general, uh, they look for flaws. They strive for fairness. Uh, They're interested in a lot of data. They want it. They will make a decision in a very objective way. And they have an ability uh, in general to remain detached when they're making a decision. Well, then conversely, feeling. How does that differ from thinking? With the preference for feeling, they're looking for agreement. So they will accept what's going on first. They will typically make decisions 
with emotional clarity. Uh, they strive for compassion. They're interested in people. And sometimes uh, decision-making could appear to be more of a subjective manner. And they will not detach. They typically remain personally involved in the decision-making. So looking for the impact on the people. Uh, again, I want to mention, too, uh, since we've gone over the all four preferences, we have access to all. This is just our first go-to place that we'll go. It doesn't mean that in this, especially in this decision-making, that we can't, with a preference for feeling, make a tough decision. We certainly can. It's just always going to be thinking about the impact of the people first. Well, now that we've got the mental process does it impact differently when, let's say, you have a person that has a preference for sensing and a preference for thinking? What would that look like? So a preference for sensing and a preference for thinking. Again, if you combine those two, they're going to take in information in a practical, predictable type of tried and true way. Their decision-making, though, will, again, uh, spotting the flaws, it could appear critical. Again, very detached from the decision-making process. They'll be very straightforward uh, in their process and very precise. Well, then let's throw the other one in there. Someone with a preference for intuition and feeling. What might that look like? So that's going to, uh, when we're combining those, again, with that intuition, brainstorming, looking for agreement, thinking about the impact of the decision on the people. They're going to want to brainstorm solutions first before uh, diving in and making a decision. Well, it seems to me that we've complicated what looks like just people that are supposed to get along. But I can understand now that these are not excuses. These just give an explanation. And I'm wondering now, just based on everything we've talked about, what can the boss do to be most effective? When managing these uh, mental processes, I think the first thing is to have awareness of the differences. And from that, an understanding of the differences and how people can take in information based on the Myers-Briggs and the differences and how we make our decisions based on that information according to our four-letter type and using these two letters. And then appreciate and learn how to, in type, we call that flex. So learn how to flex over and accommodate other people's preferences first. We want to be true to ourselves always, and we can get back there. But in presenting information, present it in in the way that they prefer, and then come in with your own preferences. Well, that sounds like it's going to take a lot of self-awareness first. Yes. would Would you recommend that Somebody who's the boss would contract with somebody to do a Myers-Briggs for the team so that the team could then be more aware. Would you recommend the boss do it to understand it better for themselves? What's the best way to proceed? Because it sounds like we've got a real gift here, a real tool that'll give us some insight on how to do things better. What would your process be? Well, it could be either way. Uh, Oftentimes, I get the, if we want to use the word boss, that person first, and they are starting to recognize there's some challenges in being in that role and being in uh, having direct reports. So they come to me and we get, we do the Myers-Briggs and I give them some coaching around their results. 
when they get that self-awareness for themselves, then they oftentimes want to go back and share it with their team. And that would look like a workshop of everyone taking the assessment, me coming in and going over, just like you and I are having a conversation, going over what each of those preferences means, what they look like. And then we talk about the flexing when we're using these two middle letters and how this is misunderstandings and communication, which lead to conflict. And or sometimes I'm just called in because someone higher up than that, usually the a CEO or at the VP level, see some challenges in the team and I get contacted in that way. And then everyone just gets it at the same time. Well, I want to just play with this a little bit. So let's run a scenario here. You and I are sitting on the sidelines, observing a team having a meeting. Mm -hmm. What would somebody who on the team had a preference for extroversion that was also carrying a preference for intuition and feeling? What kinds of things might you see if you were an observer of that person in a meeting? So we have extroversion, intuition, and feeling. Yes, correct. Okay. So remember back to that preference for introversion, talking things out. So they're going to be talking things out. And if they have that preference for introversion, they're going to be brainstorming and you're going to see it and you're going to hear it. And they're going to be talking out all of their ideas. And when they're sharing those ideas, They will be thinking about, remember some of the descriptors from the feeling, uh, looking for agreement among the people. How are uh, the things we're here talking about today going to affect the people? Well, it seems to me it would be, because I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've been in meetings where I think, you know, those people seem like they're just talking to hear their own voice because one of them will say something and then another one's going to repeat what they just said. Mm Mm-hmm. As a person, personally, with a preference for introversion, I just kind of sit back and think, why are we wasting our time here? So with that said, what would a person with a preference for introversion and maybe sensing and thinking be looking like in this meeting if we were watching? (laughs) Okay, so a preference for introversion, uh, like you said, we would uh, step back. It would be a lot for us, take a lot of our energy to listen to all the interaction. And if you had that preference for sensing and thinking about, you know, they like facts and details. So they're going to glaze over with all the ideas and they're going to be searching for more practical ideas. And then if they have that thinking, they may start to, uh, Look for the flaws and the ideas. And it, even though a preference for introversion, it would take a little while for that preference. Eventually, though, they might uh, start to share some of the flaws that they're spotting in numerous ideas. Yeah, I see <laughs> chaos and conflict written all over this meeting. Yes, a lots of conflict. Me, if we could just bring all of the, let's just do this. We have a meeting for just people with introversion, sensing and thinking and let them work on the problem. And then maybe we split off the extroversion, intuition and feeling and split them off into a meeting. Wouldn't that be a more effective way to do it? No, because <laughs> when, when you're looking at this, we need all of the preferences, uh, especially when we're, we're thinking of the mental processes. When we're making decisions or taking in information and making decisions, we need all four perspectives. So we need to start with 
you know, the facts and the details and specific data. But we want to go on to the intuition when we have all of that factual data and then start to look for the patterns. And that's when the intuition can come in and and help with that part. And I'm referring to a a problem-solving model that's used in Myers-Briggs. That's the zigzag. So starting with sensing and intuition and then moving down to the thinking. And so we want to weigh the alternatives and the pros and cons uh, that we've come up with, but then we certainly don't want to leave out the feeling part of it so that we're thinking about the impact on the folks, other people in the organization, the stakeholders in the organization, and looking for a win-win. So if we separate it out, as you suggested, intuition, sensing, and thinking in one room, and extroversion, intuition, and feeling, I believe, in another, we're missing important parts of the decision-making process. Well, I guess as a team-building activity, something that would make people aware of this would be more beneficial than a ropes course or trust falls or walking on hot coals in your bare feet as a team. It seems like we could do a lot more by just getting a better understanding of this. And we haven't even talked about the last two letters, which we'll get to in our next episode. So on that note, I know that we are going to have a very special offer for anybody who's listening to this podcast. We'll talk about that when we do the last two letters, the preference for judging and the preference for perceiving. But until then, Margie, thank you so much for sharing your insight on these mental processes and then tying it back into what we first talked about. We are looking forward to hearing from you on the next episode. Thank you, Mac. Well, thanks again to our special guest, Margie Bush, for giving us a further insight. And I can't wait until we do our last episode that gives us how the last two letters in that group of four ties in with everything else. Again, make sure you tune into that one because I'm going to have a very special offer. Until the next time we meet, get out, boss up, and boss on. Goodbye. You've been listening to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast with Mac Monroe. To get more information on being a great boss, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or at Mac's blog, macmonroe.com. Until next time, get out there and be a great boss.